0: hi everyone this is lee um, and um, again we've got i've got barbara with me today and we're going to be talking a little bit about money beliefs for you as well because i don't know about you but uh at times though i have these beliefs around money that could be holding me back as well so i say hello to everyone
1: hello everyone nice to be here lee thanks so much for having me on i'm excited to have a conversation around money uh, it's, it's a topic
0: that people, what I found when I was growing up, it's a topic that you know we never, it was taboo. It was like, you know, sex, religion, <clears throat> money, it was really taboo. And I remember that my dad used to come home and he was a waterside worker. Now, I'm showing my age a bit here as well. And my dad used to get paid in a thing called cash and he used to get paid in a little envelope, like a little pay envelope, and he would take it home and he would automatically without even opening the envelope, he passed it to my mum. So my mum was a, the financial uh, financial consultant in, in, the, in the family, but they never spoke about money. And when I was going to school, I remember the only thing about money that I was exposed to was I got a little Commonwealth passport, a little Commonwealth passport, um, you know, banking. Little, you know, like in those days, you used to go to a teller and you right. put money into your bank, and that, and that was it. And that was all I was told. And I was often, like, often, I started wondering about sometimes my own limitations around money as well. What was your first experience around money, Barbara, when you were growing up?
1: Um, well, my first experience has was, you know, my dad was a, a working dad. Uh, my mom stayed at home and raised us children, and my i witnessed my mom not having a lot of self-esteem around money because she never made her own money yeah and would have to ask my dad for you know whatever she needed for whatever she needed and he would begrudgingly give it to her and we would get our our 25 cent allowance 10 cents 25 cent allowance once a week we would go to the mall dad would take mom shopping you know, and then we get the run of the, the mall back in the day. It was like a tiny little like mall. I get a I would get a, a melted milk ice cream. And that was really my first experience with with money in that, um, you know, we, we raised our own vegetables, we raised our own animals and we had to work and sell things to gain money. So I was always looking for pop bottles and selling pumpkins on the side of the street. And so I, I always grew up with the belief that you had to work hard for your money.
0: Yeah, me too. I remember I remember the old days under my grandma's uh, house. We, I used to crawl under the house and for some reason we used, to, we used to find bottles under the house. I don't know why, but we did. We found bottles <laughs> under the house. And we would go to the local shop as kids. You know, with, with no shoes on, barefoot, we'd go to the shop, look up the shops and we'd get our little bale little lollies and things like that. And we, and we thought it was Christmas kind of thing as well. But I think with money, there's two aspects to money that is really important. One is the, you know, the how we manage the money and the other thing is beliefs as first. Now, I know that this is a topic that you, you know, you specialise in, Barbara. So I'm going to pass the ball to you about, tell us a little bit about managing money, you know, what are some ideas and how you are able to help, you know, women and men being able to manage their money more effectively.
1: No, exactly and you know what? and it's important that we take time out to manage our money to have systems in place have plans in place and one of the most powerful well there's a couple of really powerful things that you can do to manage money is one pay yourself first mm-hmm. so before mm-hmm. when you get your paycheck the first thing you can do is take 10 percent or whatever you you feel comfortable with and put it away put it in a savings account so it's out of sight, out of mind. If you don't do that by the end of the day when you pay all your bills and your rent or your mortgage and all that, there's not going to be anything left. It just and, and, seems and to disappear.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And that's one thing I think entrepreneurs don't do. I yeah. think a lot of entrepreneurs don't pay ourselves. And, and then what happens when we're not you know, actually you know, having that money for those small baby steps that we make and those small successes that we make? throughout the entrepreneur journey, that's where that we start to actually feel burnt out and run down as well. That's, that's right. point, that. Yeah, That's point. right.
1: I think it's really important to have boundaries. Mm. Um, you know, I, I worked, oh, I don't know, 25 years in the financial industry as an employee mm. and burned out I don't know how many times. And uh, when I left, I decided to build my business around the lifestyle that I wanted for myself and my family and, and the feeling that it gave me. So I, I never wanted to be in that um, grind mentality or that hustle mentality that you see women say, you know, what's your side hustle? You know, you have to work, 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 work. You have to do all these things. And I'm like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all yeah. about being
0: smarter. So, mm-hmm. so, so the first thing we should do is everyone out there, We should pay ourselves. We're we're worth investing
1: money in and 10% is the figure. Yeah. That's right. At minimum. At minimum.
0: minimum. And what's
1: another management tip besides that? All right. So the next one would be to live within your means. Mm -hmm. You most likely heard of this before, but Mm -hmm. if you make, you know, $2,000 a month or $5,000 a month or $10,000 a month, make sure you don't spend more than Mm -hmm. that a month. So. Know what money is going out the door. How many of us have gym memberships or memberships seem to be a big thing these days that we don't take part in, that we don't use, that are just being wasted away. So it could be $20 a month, $50 a month, $100 a month. Well, cancel those memberships if you're not using them or use them to monetize and put that away as well. But live within your means.
0: And that's something that's really important: is that we—it's uh, important to be aware of your money, to be checking your, your bank balance, to be consciously, um, you know, um, you know, you know, you know, looking after your money and knowing where you're at. Because a lots of times people just because we don't get paid, we don't get paid cash anymore, and we have those credit cards that we don't even actually um, realise how much money that we're spending, and it adds up, and there's no conscious awareness. Of what's going on as well.
1: So true, so true, and I, I think what one of the biggest mistakes if you're not an entrepreneur is your audience is mostly entrepreneur.
0: Mostly entrepreneur. I do have a lot of um, you know women also in corporate mm-hmm. as well. So um, um, there's a mixture with uh, with my audience. You guys out up there. So we're we're actually at the moment we're streaming to LinkedIn uh, as well as we're also streaming to Facebook out there as well. Oh, so, great. Hi everyone. Hi, so, everyone. Have a bit of a mixture, but I think um, I think everything that we talk about, it's about you putting it into the area that's most um, important for you. That's right. So the same principles apply within an entrepreneur as someone in the workplace. Because today, no, you know, when we're in the workplace. Uh, a good way to approach our positions in our workplace is though it's our own business as well. Right. And our, instead of having our clients, like usually in Entrepreneur, we talk about clients, we talk about customers. But as our leaders within business, it's important to see your team members as valuable as if they were your client and actually serve them as though they're actually your clients as well. So I think it's a big shift that's happening in corporates now realising that, you know, obviously the entrepreneurs can use some skill sets from the corporate such as, you know, leadership and because a lot of entrepreneurs, they lack um, the foresight in developing their, their, their dream team. You know, much of their dream team on board, um, unless they've, uh, you know, led led people before, they've managed people before, you know, sometimes let them down. But the uh, the corporate area as well, they can learn from the entrepreneurs by their attitude of, you know, we've got to perform first before we get paid. And that's sort of what is our performance. So I love the mixture that I bring together by bringing both my entrepreneurs and my, you know, women in leadership together mm-hmm. so we have those different conversations and different perspectives as well. That's so great. Right in. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah. and I was just going to suggest then whether you're an entrepreneur or maybe have a spouse that's, uh, if you're you're working for a company or you have a spouse that's working for a company, one of the most overlooked um, items is take advantage of the corporate stock Mm. plans, take advantage of the corporate retirement Mm. savings program, because if they will match you or put in 20%, if you put in, you know, 100, they'll put in 20, take full advantage of that savings program. There's few companies um, have these types of programs these days, but if they do, take advantage of that.
0: And and that's one thing a lot of entrepreneurs don't do, and that is um, because um, it's it's about having a super fund. Because a lot of entrepreneurs don't have a super fund, um, so that when you know their business isn't going well or something happens in their business as as they retire. They're not forced to have that super fund, whereas a, an employee um, within the workplace, you know, of course the company pays a percentage of, of their wage immediately into the super and so it happens automatically, but they're even seen as well. So maybe an entrepreneur can start looking at doing that same thing of putting putting away the same percentage as what the corporate pays their team members into some sort of super fund as well. What that's, you about that,
1: that? Yes. I, I agree. If, if if there's one thing that COVID and the pandemic has taught mm. me and, and probably many others out there, and I, I you know, comment if you can relate to this if you're mm. on you watching us live, is that um, we you can never predict when the next thing's gonna be that's gonna knock you off your feet. Mm. So mm. you might get sick, you might uh, lose a job, um, mm. pandemic might shut you down. Make sure you have money set aside to survive three to six months. Mm-hmm. We've been lucky here in Canada anyways, that we've had government support, but it, I, I, I didn't, thankfully, I didn't need it myself, mm-hmm. but um, or have access to a line of credit. Um, as long as you're responsible for it, a low mm-hmm. interest line of credit that you can access in an emergency. Mm-hmm. You know well, what? Sorry, go ahead. Um,
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what are your thoughts around, um, you know, today we're moving in our society, we're moving more into pay later. Like, you know, in Australia, because I know that you're in Canada, um, Barbara, but in Australia we have things like afterpay and everything now. Today we're really looking uh, as a society of, you know, getting everything that we want immediately Mm. and then paying later for it what are your thoughts around that as far as how that could escalate if we're not managing that process very well effectively
1: it it can be a disaster really at the end of the day you know we're we're in this throwaway society a materialistic society and when you are confronted with an emergency or a lack of funds um, and you've got all this debt that you have to pay back you quickly realize that the top-of-the-line TVs, uh, sorry husbands out there, but, you know, top-of-the-line TV and stereos and couches and cars and toys, they mean nothing. Mm. They mean nothing. And that yeah. being able to feel safe and comfortable yeah, uh, and stable yeah. is more important than having a glossy TV or, you know, a $300 pair of shoes or, or you know, whatever. I don't know, I wear bare feet all day, every day these days because I don't go anywhere. Yeah. So that's, to me, I'm you know, I'm, I'm all about having an, an amazing experience and feeling good,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not mm-hmm. about having what's shiny and new. Maybe that's my age. I don't know. But. Um, yeah. I think I
0: think it is the thing about age because I was always brought up with my dad. My dad used to always say to me, never go in the crypt. You know, if you can't afford it, then you don't get it, kind of thing. You know what I mean? And I've got to admit, I'm very much like that now. I look at, you know, you know, what you know what I what I really need and not what I want. Like mm-hmm. I may I may want a you know, I may see a really nice LD or a beautiful car or whatever, I may want that, but I don't really need that. I just need to have a motor vehicle that's reliable, that's gonna take me to point A and point B. And the fact is, too, I don't know about you, Barbara, and maybe some people watching out there, I want to have a stress-free lifestyle. And if you've got a financial issue and you're stressing about, you know, can you pay the next bill or whatever, I don't want to live in that. I don't want to live in that stress. I want to have it stress-free. Now, with money... As well, I mean, obviously, you know, know, we do things, a lot of things unconsciously around our beliefs around money as well. And often, you know, obviously I do a lot of coaching and I coach, you know, a lot of women and and men as well. But I really listen to the conversation and I listen to the words that they use. Mm. And often if you listen really carefully to yourself or other people around you, you'll start to hear their limiting beliefs. And I had one client and we were chatting and we were just talking about uh, this person was really upset and we were talking about her going for a career promotion with someone in the career the career area and I sent away a form about, you know, some questions I was asking her and things like that around promotion thing, and I noticed that one of the responses that um, she put on the piece of paper was, um, I, I don't want to live in poverty. I'm afraid of living in poverty. Now, immediately, that tells me straight away that she hasn't got a good relationship with money because the way that she faced it as well. What are your thoughts around beliefs? Do you sort of start to look at beliefs as well as um, some great strategies of handling money as well, Barbara? Yeah,
1: Yeah, you know, and and beliefs you know, our limiting beliefs do run unconsciously, where you're at in your life is a a direct relation to what you're thinking, how you're feeling Mm -hmm. what you believe in. And those beliefs typically start um, when we're children. Mm -hmm. And we get those we get those beliefs from our parents, our grandparents, our great, great grandparents, our teachers, TV, Mm -hmm. media. And if we've taken it in before we have any form of uh, conscious ability to say, to question things, Mm. then we're going to believe that money's evil, or Mm. you have to work hard for your money, or money makes mom and dad fight. Mm. You know, Mm. and maybe you were the cause of the fight, because you got a new dress, or a new pair of shoes, and dad's mad, because, you know, Mm. there's not as much money for groceries that week, and, and mom went on a splurge and shouldn't have. So as little people we we have no way of knowing whether that's true or not true we just take it all in as yeah as, as our as our truth yeah and so we we our unconscious mind holds that in in a way that it looks for ways to prove that that's true for us mm-hmm. and so it's like our radar If so if we believe we're not enough or we're not worth it then we're going to look for experiences that prove that
0: absolutely and and I know for me, as far as coaching world, I can always tell when someone uh, has a limiting belief around money or anything else, um, not just by the language, but if you ever experienced, um, we call it the roller coaster ride, you know, up and down. Think about roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. And what happens is sometimes you may have a. Um, uh, invisible glass ceiling around how much money that you can actually exactly. save, for example, right? So this is often talked about move to and move away values, mm-hmm. and, and one of those is, example, say if I'm afraid of money and I and my bank balance gets to below a certain figure, so I may um, be really stressed out if my bank balance is less, say, for example, than five thousand dollars, right? So if my bank balance is less than five thousand dollars for me and it could be different for you because everyone's different you have a different mm-hmm. level so so when I um, when I reach say below five thousand dollars I go oh my god I've got to take have got, got to be responsible I've got to start looking at my money my money I've got to start doing things better I've better start doing things and then and then I'm really happy and and my bank balance then may have a glass ceiling of getting to ten thousand dollars. And as soon as I get to ten thousand dollars, I go, "Sure, thank God, that's finished." And then I start spending, and I'm irresponsible again until I hit five thousand dollars again, and then I right. to be yo-yo because my relationship isn't, um, you know, and I think because I could be in the back of my mind going, "I'm scared of poverty, or I'm scared of being broke," so I have that up and down. But if I change my thoughts to financial freedom or something differently then I break through that ceiling as well so if you find you've got this invisible ceiling like you know one could be here one you know one could be here kind of thing and you're in between up and down all the time you know maybe you've got to sit there and look at your beliefs and that's just a sign from a coaching perspective that I can tell with someone around money as well. Have you ever experienced that yourself as well, Barbara, or nods that with your cards?
1: Oh, yeah, for you know, for sure. Um, You know, there's one story where I did a money breakthrough for Mm -hmm. a fellow, and he was consistently no matter what, throughout the years, always in debt by about Mm $30,000, just at that level where he didn't feel comfortable or safe um, and secure financially. And after we were done, he realized that he went and saw his grandmother in the hospital because she wasn't well after our breakthrough session. And the first thing she said to him was, oh, hi, so-and-so, I'm not gonna, obviously going to say a name, oh, poor, poor person, poor, poor, oh, my poor, poor boy, my poor, poor boy. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, internalized that, that he was poor. Uh, yeah. And when he finally went, oh, my God, that's where that came from, he could yeah. let it go because he, he realized that wasn't true. And, and so he turned things around very quickly after that and you know and then I can say too whether you don't have money or you have a lot of money you can still have a lot of hang-ups with with the with the idea of money and and your self esteem around that
0: sure And, and 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 let's look also um how you know how do you approach your partner around money because that's something I think is really important so you know give us some tips or what what's your point of view of how can you bring the topic up and actually approach it with your partner because that I believe that's where a lot of stress happens and that's where relationships start to flounder a bit at times around money so if you know if you had someone coming to you and they've say they got so they've got different value systems. you know. For example, mm-hmm. like you might have one person who, who wants to shop till they drop, you know, You know, but that's their value system and, mm-hmm. and that's what they love doing. And then you've got a partner who's completely opposite there, the thrifty, the person who doesn't spend any money at all. How do you approach that with... Couples and partners and things like
1: that, Barbara. Yeah, yeah those, those are all really good questions, Lee. Mm. And very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> very you know, careful. I, I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean to laugh because, yeah. you know, um, I, I feel that um, you need to talk openly to your partner around mm. your values, around wealth and money. You have to mm. have common goals, financial goals in place. And to know that your husband or your wife the the topic of money and the conversation around that might trigger emotions traumas Mm -hmm. uh, memories that are not comfortable so if they uh freeze you out or if they get heated no it's not about you know that it's just brought up something in them that needs to be healed Mm -hmm. but to um to, I, I think it's important to make sure that you both are on page for keeping, keeping your budget, keeping your household running. But I think you also need to take individual responsibility for looking after yourself. So having a separate bank account. I don't know how many times where women have come to me in particular, because that's usually what I work with, where, you know, they're going through a divorce and they haven't a clue. Yeah, you know, yeah. the husband's done everything. And they've just, they've just said, well, he feels good about it. I want to make him feel good. In the meantime, you mm-hmm. know, they've, he's mismanaged the money. And, and I'm sure it could happen in on the other side of the coin as well. But, um, yeah. you know, and, and having counseling or having somebody that you're both comfortable with talking and mediating often um, can be an important step as well. Yeah, and, and it may and,
0: and this is where I think it takes several conversations yeah yes, you know, yes. it's 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 both parties not being afraid to talk about uh, topics like money and things like that mm-hmm. it's, it's okay to talk about That's those right. topics um, and of course then that will trigger you know, different uh, beliefs and things like that so it's I suppose it's just you know, what you said is carefully and being patient. And having a lot of conversations and trying to uh, be able to set boundaries that uh, will actually help both parties as well. You know, being able to, I suppose, that compromise, which is really important as well. And um, and this is about expectations and boundary setting, which are often not spoken about either. So right. a lot of times, people don't like to have difficult conversations either. So give me a catch-22, but it's about being very open and uh, understanding that if your partner closes down when they talk about money, that, you know, it's still a topic that you need to still pursue kindly and gently with that person and go a bit deeper because there's obviously deeper reasons around that as well. That's a core thing as well. But, you know, seeking those, as you said, Barb, seeking those you know, is this counsellors or, or a, a I've heard a, a third party that can actually has a, is not emotionally involved with the conversation going And this is where it comes in the power of having coaches and counsellors and, you know, and psychologists and people around who support you because they mediate that process as well.
1: That's right. You know, and, and even finding a financial planner, a financial advisor yeah. Yeah. who uh speaks to you equally not you know i know there's a lot in in my financial planning industry there's a lot of awareness now around being inclusive and talking a couple the woman and the man together and and you know drawing out what each of them wants to achieve financially versus the days where it was really very masculine and male dominated yeah. yeah, I I feel that's one of the things that was my strength. You know, working with couples is that I would ensure that when I met somebody new, it was I was always drawing in the woman and the man equally into the conversation. And and mm. believe it or not, women make the decision.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We all know as entrepreneurs that the <laughs> women will actually make the buying decision. That's, <laughs> not, that's right. I <laughs> <laughs> yes, think I do, but the women really do. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's not something to be afraid of or feel less than about. Money is neutral. You know, it's it's a currency, it's an energy, it goes out, it comes in, and mm-hmm. the more comfortable you are with it and you change the way you see it and think about it, your life will change. It's is and I know you know this, Lee, is what you focus on, you would you get. So focus get. on what you want to achieve how you want to feel versus the lack thereof sure
0: and I think it's about um, you know if you've uh, got a partner seeing senior and senior and having a conversation around financial goals awesome. and really as you as we've talked about during this conversation it's understanding it, you're spending time to get to understand each other yeah. so that you can actually you know communicate the importance but at the end of the day, if you're with a partner, you know, the reason why you're there is to make each other support each other and to make each other happy and have that joy in your life as well. So it's it's one of those conversations that need to be said as well. So let's, so um, we've got some tips here that you mentioned already. So, you know, we know that we should be paying ourselves first, um, at least 10% into a different account. And that account can be used, you know, for, for you know, either retirement or it can be used for a holiday or something to give with self-care because you work really hard as well. Um, you know, we also talked a little bit, you know, about, you know, the the beliefs that if you listen really carefully, you'll actually hear the conversation of what's going on, you know, between you know, between parties as well. So you're actually listening to the beliefs around money and setting boundaries in relationships as well. What What's some more and, and also and also to, to um to monitor your your bank accounts and seeing, you know, are you have you got memberships that you know, you should be looking at closing down if you're not using it. I know I did that myself recently. I was joined a gym, but I just couldn't get inspired with going to a gym. You know, I just wasn't using it. And I tried hard and hard to go. I just thought it was costing me, you know, you know, $75 a month to go to the gym. But when you multiply it by 12, you know, that's, you know, 800 $900. Because what's happening now a lot of times we pay memberships per month and we go, oh, it's only $35 a month or whatever. But um, I know a wiser mentor of mine in business said that you should always look at a yearly investment. So every time you multiply it out, you go, oh, oh gosh, you know, it's it's three hundred or four hundred or five hundred dollars that I'm spending on this membership that I'm not using as Thank well. You. You know, so it's really interesting as well. And what are some more financial tips, uh, you know, actual tips as well before we go today uh, that you can actually leave the audience as well with as well, Barbara?
1: I think it's really important to make your money work harder than you do. Mm. And what I mean by that is any money that you can safely put away for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. and we all know interest rates are, you know, at the bottom, if not negative these days against inflation, Mm. is invest a little bit every month into something long-term, whether it's a stock or a mutual fund of some sort, get your advisor to give you some good ideas of what suits your risk tolerance and your objectives. But, you know, if, if you can earn 5 6% on average over the years, that money's going to grow beautifully for you. And
0: mm-hmm. that would be for
1: your long-term serious money. Have mm-hmm. that money work harder than you do. And eventually, um, you know, you won't have to work. Also, too, look at where you can create uh, passive income, Mm. you know, money that comes in regardless of of what you're doing. And that's what I
0: love about being an entrepreneur. We're all about not exchanging time for money. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the advantages of being an entrepreneur is that, you know, you can um, create that passive income by running, you know, courses in the background and and things like that as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or the person who's working within their office there's absolutely nothing stopping you for having a hobby on the part time that you can do as well to make some money as well. That's right. Um, so, so um, Barbara, who who are your mentors that you follow uh, around money? You know, who's who's uh, you know, like, for example, I always loved Robert Kasaki when I was growing up. You know mm-hmm. about you know, um, what was uh, you know how to use your money in a more um, productive way then being a passive way and things like that. Have you got any specific mentors that you, you follow yourself?
1: Um, well, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've, I've been in the industry for 35 years. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of knowledge I, I, you know, I don't necessarily follow anybody in particular around money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I love, uh, listening to some, you know, different analysts cause I'm in the investment industry. So I like to understand where the economy's at, things like that. But, uh, I really love uh, Lynn Twist's book called Soul of Money. Mm,
0: nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, which, you know, she's beautiful around that. So, um, you know, how where we're coming from from lack and, and we need more. And, you know, if, if we need more, when is more ever enough? And so it's just a cycle we're always in. Um, mm-hmm. Who else? Oh, my God, you put me on the spot here. Um, money, money. Yeah, uh- you know what? I, I think just because I I'm so steeped in it, I don't really necessarily follow anybody yeah. in particular. Um, yeah. You know, as I've had many of my girlfriends and and community tell me that it's time that I wrote a book, that yeah. we need somebody from a female perspective write something on money that not is just practical but also involves the energy of money and the mindset of money and things like that, and yeah. some practical steps there.
0: Yeah, and, and, and because we live in a society, you know, money is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people, especially when I first started coaching, it was like, oh, I'm not interested in money. I just want oh, yeah. to help impact the world and everything else as well. But if you haven't got money and you're living in a society where you need money because we all need to pay, you know, rent or a mortgage or, you know, you know, we're living in a society that's money-driven, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you've got no money, you can't fill your car on petrol you know, and things like that, you, you're, you're limited, um, um, you know, in this world. So it's important to be in a relationship with money because we live in a world that is determined by money as well. And, and of course, we're talking about as well during our conversation today, you know, we are talking about, you know, living within your means. That's something. I think that's the key uh, to anything but also, as you were saying, Barb, to have those long-term goals where you've got that compound interest, happenings on the long term. So you do have that egg. You have that money because you never know, you know, entrepreneurs sometimes, you know, if we get sick, especially if we're a solo entrepreneur and we mm-hmm. can't work, you need to have that money. But also in the, you um, know, workforce as well if you're employed, you know, in today's world, you know, big companies, who knows what's going to happen? You may That's find right. yourself, you know, in a position where, you know, you know there's a downturn or people being put off or whatever, so, you need to have that
1: money as well. yeah, so, and if you if you don't, then look at short-term disability plans. Look at somebody who can provide you with critical illness insurance, long-term care insurance, you mm-hmm. know, uh, medical benefits, things like that. You, you know most people think that, oh my God, that's so expensive, but not always. Things have changed, and things are always changing in the industry. So you know if if you were to to break a leg and you couldn't do your work, there are short-term disability programs out there that aren't that much may not be for the whole amount you might need every month, but it might be just enough to get you by.
0: Sure. And remember, have those conversations with your partner and to have those goals and not to be afraid to talk about money because money is good and money is important. And the ways that charities survive and those big causes is because people donate lots of money to those with the excess as well. So I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. I've certainly enjoyed chatting with you again, Barbara, today. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again in our next conversation with my next co-host next week at the same time. So in the meantime, have an amazing day. And again, thank you so much, Barbara, for coming on board and being my co-host today.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It was great to be here, Lee. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Bye, everyone. Take care.
1: Bye.